0: Kimberly Seapalm, as I travel throughout each state, I realize that death is just a moment. It is how we live until that moment that matters. Finding connection with friends, family, and complete strangers. Journey with me. This is the Live Well, Die Well tour. So we're here today talking to an author, which I have so much in common with. Um, which is, it's really funny when I when I end up meeting someone via Zoom or via this podcast. There's some kind of kindred spirit that comes through that I feel like I've known some of the people that I've interviewed since I was in high school. And I feel, Eileen, I, I feel like this is. I feel that way about you. I mean, just us gabbing. To too long before we even started pressing the record, but Eileen Robertson, welcome to the show. She's a new author, um, and she's she's had so many losses in her life, and we want I want to chat about each one of them. But first of all, why don't you tell us the story of how did you come to write this book? Uh, good
1: story. So, so the story that I tell in the book that I start the book off with is the loss sudden loss of my husband in December 2011 um right before Christmas we had three young children an 8 7 and a 4 year old and he was private piloting um his plane our plane and his right engine failed two nautical miles before the airport in York County Pennsylvania and I went to the airport by myself to pick him up because he had all the Christmas presents and the, the plane. So um that it's that story and it goes through my own transformation and my grief of um my grief and my transformation and then kind of picking up the pieces and creating a new life. And I and I tell that whole story. But how old were you? How old I were was, you? In- I was 41. When When the plane plane crashed. When the plane crashed, yeah. Brian was 38. Yeah. Oh,
0: little cougar. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I I picked him I picked him in. Yeah, he was three years younger than me. Well, so you're sitting at the airport. What is that like? How how did this information get to you that he crashed?
1: Yeah, so I when I arrived, so I was tracking him. If you know you're You know, private pilot, you can track online flight tracker. And we were living in Huntington beach and we all went back East to visit family for Christmas. And I went early with the kids because they had a longer break. He was going to wrap up work and come meet us a few days uh, later. So I was tracking him all day on the plane and he was, you know, moving across the country. And then, um, my last check, it said two nautical miles, two NM, two NM. And I'm like, at, you know, but I wasn't that worried. It was a private, um, you know, an unmanned, untowered airport. So it's tiny airport. So I'm thinking, you know, things don't, you know, whatever. So sure. I was worried, but not really worried. And then he didn't answer. But Brian's like, you know, doing the post flight checklist. I'm like, you know, it's, he's probably not answering his call. So I was like, I wasn't, I wasn't happy they didn't answer my phone. But I wasn't like really worried. So then I'm driving to the airport. And on the way to the airport, I got a phone call from the national transportation safety board. And they were like, he hasn't confirmed his landing. And I was like, Oh boy. So then I was a little bit nervous. And then when I pulled up to the airport, his plane wasn't parked where it's so small. Like it's like a parking lot, right. It wasn't parked where I knew it to be, should have been parked. So I run in and um, they tell me right away, like, we believe that plane has gone down but we didn't know anything and there was a helicopter that had been dispatched to try to save him. And and you're by yourself. I'm by myself. So immediately though, I called my, my sister was at my visiting my parents as well. I, we were all staying with my mom and dad and So I called and I was like, you got to send dad to the airport because I can't be here by myself. And so my dad was like shopping at Walmart (laughs) for a fridge, you know, and so he rushed, rushed and he waited. We waited a good hour and a half, two hours. And then eventually the police in the corner came and yeah, it was definitely hell. I mean, it was, you know.
0: What was it like to walk back into your parents' house and look at your kids?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think for in some ways it, it was just so surreal because you're kind of, you're, I couldn't really process, I w- could not process everything. So it was very much like, what do I need to do this next minute? What do I need to do this next minute? And I'm like, you know, after we completed the conversation at the airport with the police in the corner, I was like, well, I got to go home now. And that was like, then I got in the car and I'm like, I got to tell people now. And then I was like, well, I've got to tell the children now. And, you know, you just don't have a lot of time to like think a, about a lot of stuff. So you're just like, I, I just going to tell them. And, you know, it was awful. Like we walked, I walked in and they're like, they're kids. They're like excited. they their seen their dad. Where's and, dad? Like, yeah. He's like, daddy. And it was like, you know, just, um, they were like, and I was like, I've got really bad news. And they were like, what he couldn't come he had just yeah and I was like no like the worst news way worse and um so Max so we have three Max was four Brooke was seven and Melanie was eight and Max didn't you know he he didn't get it he was so little he's like everybody was crying so he said he was later he'd be like I cried because everyone was crying I didn't know I would cry people were crying (laughs) (laughs) I know he was so 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 sweet. sweet Yeah, and then but it was interesting because it was actually he was like kind of like I don't I don't know if like good to watch because he was just like Can I go play we? like, mm-hmm. okay, your dad just died, and you want to go play we? Okay, buddy, go play we. You know, and it was sort of like that. I don't know. It was just it was like it was res- resilience. Yeah, it's like resilience. And what do I want to do now? I want to play we. Like, I want to, you know, have a cookie, and I want right. to play Wii, and that's what, like, a four-year-old does, because they're not thinking, well, they, you know, they're not thinking, oh, my God, I'm never going to see this person right. again yet, eventually. They
0: can't put their mind around it. No. Oh. Um,
1: and I think we were all sort of in that state, too, where we're, like, we're all just in shock, and um, what do we do now, and, yeah. And, so, and did do you and Brian, did
0: y'all ever talk about, like... Hey, if something happens to me, if, or did y'all plan for, you know, did y'all have a, I mean, you know, how young people yeah. are, they don't even have wills. Yeah. So the, and one of the reasons
1: I was excited to talk to you, because I know your, your background in hospice and things like that. And I, um, you know, we did have wills. we did have estate plans. We did have actually financial plans and life really? insurance. Yeah. And part of it, part of it was driven because he was a private pilot you know, you, you know, he was a risk taker. Um, and you just, you don't ever know. And, um, he also was a serial entrepreneur. So he did well, you know what I mean? Like he did well for himself and he did, he was a very successful business person. So he also had really great advisors and, um, that also helped. But I, I have to say like one of the things you know, not immediately, but I was like, the fact that we had all those sort of plans in place, it took so much of the stress and anxiety that I can't imagine. Like if if that wasn't already there and I had to deal with all of that, there's still a million things to deal with and and a million legalese already, but a lot of it was decided. So that did make it a lot easier. Do you know Um, how lucky you are? No, I do. I do know that. And actually the first, yeah, my book, my book used to start, I, we changed the first lines, but like it used to start, I'm a lucky woman. Mm -hmm. And I, there's a whole theme in, in my book. And it's like, well, how do you call yourself lucky? But I'm like, there was some, you know, guided, I don't know how, but yeah, we were incredibly lucky that we had that organized and, um, and actually, you know, like, I don't know. Brian had also, um, because he was flying probably about, I don't know, a couple months before this, he had written me an email. He was actually flying to Mexico to meet with, um, who was in the solar energy industry and he was meeting with an executive down there about, you know, creating power plants down there. And, um, And so he left early in the morning and I get up and I have this long email. Should anything happen in my early demise? I'm like, and I was so mad at him. (laughs) I called him. I was like, (laughs) okay, that's like the last thing I want to wake up to. Like, really? But But he was um, really open about it. Yeah. He was like, this is, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know where that came from, but he was just like, I need to, to protect my family. I need to let them know, like, if anything happens. Well, he was also a little bit worried about being, um, kidnapped in mexico Mexico? right (laughs) so part of it was if i die but part of it was also like if i get kidnapped here's who you call this is what you do i don't know yeah he was he was a planner and he was organized um he was a yeah so anyway all that was in place but
0: now you know you had three kids how how do you keep brian alive in their lives because they they were so one was young, but it's like how that's their father. I mean, yeah. how have you done that?
1: So probably the number one way we do it is we we talk about him. We you know, and I'm super lucky that again, lucky my current husband. So I've been remarried, and that's all in the book and how I was able to open up myself to loving again. But part of that was finding a man who could be okay with that I still have a relationship with someone who's not here anymore. And although it's not romantic in nature or intimate right. in nature, <laughs> you know, that was that was pretty clear when it was over. Right. But, and and anywho, but he's you know, Mike has been really great about um, supporting making, all yeah, making yeah, room for Brian and your family. Room. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I, I've said this before too, but it's like, yeah, I think he's kind of grateful. You know, because I, I also, I mean, I met Mike, he didn't have any children, had never been married before. Like, what are the chances of that? Right. And, um, but he's lucky. like, yeah, lucky. I know I was going to say it again. I was like, I was going kind of, oh, to say it too many times, but like, I, I met him and I, you know, I totally believe that Brian set us up, which, um, maybe you should look, maybe mm. you should look to Rob, but anywho, um, <laughs> <was a> story. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I totally believe that. And, um, but anyway, so we, we keep Brian alive by talking about him by, um, and we've also done some like official legacy, um, when he first died because he was in the renewable energy industry and he was a pretty, um, influential player we created a solar schools fund where we put solar panels on schools and we did oh, wow birthday fun runs. And I'm still continuing some of that work now supporting the foundation for climate restoration, his daughter, Brookie, my daughter, but it's so funny because like in that regard, it's like her work as it relates to the foundation for climate restoration. I feel like it's like Brian's daughter, even though she's right, mine too, right. but it's like, Like he would be so proud of her Mm -hmm. and that, um, and then, you know, we water ski, Brian was a big water skier. Like we do, um, we do a lot of things and, um, yeah. So, so did, so how are the kids now? Yeah. So, um, it's interesting because I, I anyone who's grieved with children and I think gr- this is probably true of grief even of adults but it's even more um more obvious when you're dealing with children is like y- they say oh grief um you don't get over grief right you g- grief cr- keeps moving but it's it's really obvious when it's children because like a, ch- a child who's 4 has a particular perspective on like life and <laughs> parents and things like that and then you know Then he was six, and then he was eight, and then he was nine. And every major milestone in development and understanding has come with a new set of of things to deal with in grief. And, um, you know, I think, so, for example, for like Max, he was four, and then I got remarried, and he was so excited for Mike. be his new dad because like a child like i lost my ball i need a new ball i lost my dad i need a new dad new dad problem solved i love and he called him dad but he's like oh my god i love i'm you know first time we ever met i tell a story in the book but like i i introduced the children to mike they uh, max was like oh we're going to go meet my new dad and i was like oh god I was, like, <laughs> I was like, "Please don't say that to him. Like, I mean, might, you
0: gonna scare like, the shit out of him.
1: <laughs> gonna like leave right away." But I was like, "And when you don't know that. You haven't even met him." But he was like, "No, no, no. I'm. We're going to meet my new dad. I know it. Oh. I'm sure." And it was heartbreaking and adorable and sweet and all of that. But then, fast forward, you know, three years later, three and a half years later, no, actually, quite like five years later, when I had the baby, Zach. Max finally made the connections of like, oh, wait a minute, that's a real dad with a real son. <sighs> Max was nine now. And he's like, wait a minute. And so he had to process a lot. And this was now, you know, seven years after Brian had gone. And a lot of us, he was heavy grieving where, and, and then it even was even more confusing to him because he's like, nobody's where I am. Right. Right. Like you guys all look fine. You not even care about him.
0: You've moved on. You have another baby,
1: right? Like you don't even love him anymore. You don't love him. You know, like why didn't he have a parachute? Like all the questions that he never asked because he was four or, um, and then that whole transition of like, yeah, it was, yeah. So, um, and okay. So like all of that, and then, and they've all had to deal with that all different versions and, you know, Girls are getting ready for high school or college, I should say, junior and senior in college or high school now, and they're like, "I want to ask my dad advice." You know, it would be different than what your advice would be. So they all deal with that, but then they also all love Mike and all love Jack sure. and sure. all can appreciate what they still get to have what they have, in the life. Yeah. yeah, what they do, what do they, have,
0: right? Yeah, what do they think about the book?
1: Yeah. So that's interesting. So they're, you know, they're kids and they're like, um, (laughs) never impressed. Are they? (laughs) Oh no, no. So Max is hilarious. He's like, he read, he read. So, I don't know, maybe like half of it. And he's like, yeah, this is not my kind of book. (laughs) 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 It's kind of boring. I'm like, yeah, well, (laughs) you know, it's just not, it's my life. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Um, you know, I, Melanie's super proud of me. Um, they're all proud of me. They, they're thank God. I have really, really great kids, and I honestly, they're the only people that I would have listened to if they were like, "Don't write that book." Do you know what I mean? I was like, "Sure," because I'm, I'm totally it's definitely agree. written from my perspective. Thank God, I had a great, I have great people in my life. So there's no like bad drama in the book in that right. that I'm not throwing anyone out of the butt. There's none of that. Like, cause there was no one to do that with or not. I mean, whatever. That's an whole story, but You're right. um, it's a, <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean, it's like, really like, you, sure. Um, I have a lot of compassion for people now and you, as you, there's like a ton of compassion for people who are grieving, dealing with people who are grieving cause it's messy. Right. And we're all like, we're all in, you know, in emotional states that aren't <laughs> steady, and like, if we weren't, if we didn't have a lot of compassion for a the stupid things that people say or the stupid things that we say, then right. you'll never make it. Um, yeah, and you'll you'll end up with a lot of anger. But I, I was like, I, I've been there. I've said stupid things. I've done stupid things. It's happened to me, and uh, I forgive. And please forgive. Yeah, me, you know, so. I think
0: people, if they do anything, you've got to you've got to come from a place they're doing the best they can Um, because it is sometimes it's unrelatable and people want to turn their heads when they hear or see you go through something that they feel bad about. They can't solve it. They can't make things better. And so they try like, and that's why they bring you cake and potato (laughs) salad and, you know, like eat, just eat and eat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you, you say, and you say that when you married Brian, you're going to spend the rest of your life with him. It sounds like you were still he was the father of your kids. You're still completely in love. You, you guys were just going through life. What was it like as a wife of someone you created life with, three kids, and gone through all of that, I would say, hardship and growth? Um, mm-hmm. You grow up together. <clears throat> what was it like once the fog lifted? to even raise your head to be like, who am I now? What was that like?
1: Um, it, yeah, it wasn't easy. That's for sure. Um,
0: cause you had kids asking, doing, going, and it was yeah. like you, you had, you, you couldn't, you couldn't crawl in a hole. Yeah. So,
1: okay. So this part of this is that, um, and I, I share a bunch of these little stories and this is actually, I've never answered your first question, which is why I write the book, but, um, or how did I come to write the book? So I, after that happened, there were a ton of stories where I felt like Brian was with me. Oh. And so the first one that happened was right after Brian died, there was a, um, a funeral director who reached out to the, um, airport and said, I want to talk to Eileen and he um he was a pilot and he owned the funeral home like two miles from my parents house and said i want to take care of the funeral expenses i was like so i now have a pilot funeral director <laughs> yeah and then we weren't religious particularly i grew up catholic sure you know i'm like a, i'm like a smorgasbord I, like take a little bit of everything right i'm a yeah. yoga teacher right like i i'm not against any religion but i'm not a, like i don't go to church every sunday so right um, so, and Brian and I didn't. So, we we're like, what, where am I going to have this service? It's December. You can't have it outside. So, they set us up. Um, Al, the, the, the funeral director, set us up with this woman who found this museum in Baltimore called the Baltimore Museum of Industry and has a twin engine plane hanging from the ceiling. So, I was like, okay. That's what he was flying a twin engine. I was like, so now I have a pilot funeral director, a business museum on the waterfront in Baltimore that has a twin engine plane hanging from the ceiling. And then there were songs on the radio. I mean, I, I, the the list is like endless. And I was like, wait a minute. I actually not quite sure he's fully gone. Like, I don't, I know he's not here. I'm not like having visions of him, but I was like, I felt like he was around and supporting me. And guiding and it wasn't maybe just and it wasn't just him actually and I share this in the book too. My sister passed and my sister and him would show up on like signs and stuff. And I'm like first I thought maybe I'm going crazy. Like am I going crazy? Like what's happening here? And um and then it was comforting. Mm -hmm. And so then I would tell people some of these stories and they would experience them with me sometimes and they're like, oh my God, you gotta write a book. You gotta write a book. (laughs) And I was like okay. I'll write a book. i have never better. Why not? Because that's not hard. OMG, like it's (laughs) very hard. Um, And I did find great people to support me. Christine Fadden, shout out, like huge, you know, and many's along the way. But she was, you know, the one that got this particular book out with me. And um, and it wasn't until, you know, it was it was when I was. remarried and pregnant that I was like this is a story that needs to be told because like you said how do you go from that day you know and and wake up and figure out well how am I gonna move on how am I gonna do this and um, for me it did feel like I did feel like I was growing and I had a lot of growth to do and a lot of it was like having that compassion like maybe I, I probably wasn't so compassionate until I had experienced it myself. Right. And, um, you know, I think even raising the kids, I was like, I share about like, you know, we have a, I had a partner and this was, I had a partner in parenting with Brian. And all of a sudden I couldn't pass the buck. I was like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's all me. And if any of them right. are getting on my nerves or or triggering me, I like, there's no one to be like, tag, you're it. So, like, I had to, like, step up. I was like, I need to be bigger. I need to be – I need to really, like, get over myself. Like, you're an adult, Eileen. So, what if they're acting like children? They are children. Right, <laughs> Like, right. be with them and love them and support them. And all of that was, like, growing for me, um, growth Did and, people, and development.
0: When, pe- when you started dating um, Mike, your second husband, and started – you know, well, we might get married. I mean, do you still consider yourself a widow?
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny because there's all the check boxes right on forms, and um, I check married now, but I am a widow too. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, I have, I have that relationship. I was married. I mean, if you're even if you get divorced, you have an ex husband. Like, I, I have all, well, you know so it it isn't it is part of my who i am now it's like the whole the whole enchilada the whole piece so
0: yeah How was brian's parents when you started moving on they did they have trouble or were they really supportive
1: so i actually tell this story in the book too but because <laughs> because they have been nothing but supportive but it has been very difficult i you know and the weekend that I introduced Mike to them, um, they came down to visit. They live in Canada, and they came down to visit, and we have a basement bedroom. And normally, you know, they would have been up with the kids at 8.30, 9 o'clock, whatever, making coffee, and they did not come upstairs. And I was like, yes, because this is so awkward. And we're like, okay, are they going to come up? Are they going to come up? And it was so, I felt like, I felt like I was a teenager introducing my boyfriend to my parents and were they going to like him or not? Oh. And, um, I think, I think from their perspective, um, you know, they wanted their grandchildren to be taken care of and they wanted me to be supported in, in that. and um. Thank you know. Thank God, Mike is an amazing human being, and you know I think it was that bittersweet. It, mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, they loved him, and he shouldn't be sitting there, right? It should be my son. So mm-hmm. it, they always have to live with that, um, and they've been very generous in their ways of doing that, and it hasn't always been easy. Thank, I mean, and I'm very lucky that they have been generous.
0: Well, it's you know, you know it's it's like how do you feel two things at once? You're happy because the grandkids are having some symbolism of happiness and moving on. You're happy. But then it's, where's Brian? Yeah. And, you know, I, I talk about Rob a lot about, you know, when I found out he died, that that was an impact of grief. But when, now watching his nieces grow up there's this grief of absence that they're not that he's not seeing them grow and or, or having that big brother uh, proud moment with with his sisters of how far they've come um, and he'd be so proud of his sister about the mother she is and with her partner and where where his middle you know his middle sister is and what she's doing now that's the thing is it's the loss of absence not having them there and I'm sure that's what you know, Brian's family feels. So this has sort of made you, because Brian took care of a lot of stuff, has really brought you on board about really educating people about do not wait. You've got to have these conversations. And I mean, what are some of your advice since you've been through all this? You've felt the comfort of having even the, the email of kind of normalizing the conversation what is some of the advice that you would give to anyone prior to a, I'm going to say a tragic situation because I mean, I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. We're, I mean, it, something no, we're could, non, yeah. right.
1: <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, my, the name of my book is time to fly because it was, it's literally like, this is it. So, you know, not to, to be impulsive necessarily, but to take action in the areas of your life that are important to you. And, um, you know, if you're waiting and you're struggling, just don't wait, like, don't wait to say, I love you. Mm -hmm. You know, don't wait to say, I'm sorry. Um, I mean, all that can be resolved after, but it's like a lot nicer last words, Brian and I spoke were I love you. I love you too. Thank God. I'm lucky. Like, I really like thank god because there were definitely there was nothing times, left unsaid. Not, yeah, and there were definitely times in our life that that wasn't the last thing we said when we hung up <laughs> <off> the phone. <laughs> right? So like not to pretend like we had this like oh, they've been married for 11 years and they've never fought. No, but I'm, you know, um and you know, do the things like just do the simple things. Just like get the will in place, get the estate, you know, get life insurance because you aren't Guaranteed and if you're young life insurance is cheap. So like and it was really amazing that I could have that um, Security literally because I think financial security when you die um, When someone dies and you're dependent or you know highly dependent on On that source of income like that if I didn't have that I think it would have been even worse. So I'm sure you know, do this, do the smart planning. And even if you don't, you can, you'll recover, but uh, you can recover, but it, 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 there are easier ways to do it. But more importantly, I think, um, I think more importantly, it's like, and you, you said that even in your TED talk, but it's just like, you know, don't wait. Like, what are we waiting for? You know, like, be where you are, be grateful for where you are, and um appreciate the moments all the moments all the moments even if they're hard moments um because i think because that's it this is it this is life
0: (laughs) you know I, i i i use this story a lot because it really is reflective of life and my cousin and i um she's my second cousin but we're best friends she's like a mother sister best friend all rolled up in one and we love to cut up and a lot of people complete strangers will come up and be like y'all must be like college mates and she's like 20 years older and she's like yes we are but (laughs) but she's like but people are like so amazed at the richness that we have the the relationship and i as soon as someone says something because eventually someone always does about how close we are, how funny we are. We bounce off of each other. And I told, and I turned to the, the people who are commenting and I said, if you think it was fun all the time, it wasn't. It's the hard times that make us laugh now. Yeah. Because so many yeah. people you have, have a bump in the road and you're like, hmm, I'm done with that. I'm done with you. Yeah. I'm done with what, like, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not your friend anymore. And suddenly, in the end, when you work through all that difficult shit, it's like you have something freaking amazing on the other side. Like she's got my back. Um, and so, you're right when you're talking about, you know, I'm sure you still think of Brian. I still, you know, I still think of Rob, and I've, I've dated many, many individuals and have fallen back in love um, and, and love that process. But, you know, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like sometimes people don't understand that your heart actually grows,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that Rob is already always there with me, just like Brian is with you. But your heart grows to incorporate so many other adventures and, and the capacity of what we have. But, you know, as a person who lost a husband with kids, tell me, what was it like to... Enter the the dating scene again. Were you scared to Oh totally? I mean, <laughs> okay. I, I don't want to say scared so to death, fun. but <laughs> okay. yeah, no, I know. But it's it's
1: it's hilarious because yeah, I hadn't kissed anybody different in 14 years. And now I'm like 42 ish, 43 almost, and I'm like gonna kiss someone for the first time and I'm very attracted to him. So like it was the right thing to do for sure. But um yeah, it was hilarious. Cause like, you're like, Oh my gosh. Like, I'm cheating. I? Like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't have the, I'm cheating as much as like, Oh yeah. And a poor guy. Right. It's like, so like the first time we ever really get together, I'm like, I ball cry afterwards. Like how I it was not in the book, <laughs> but now it's out. But like, I was like, um, but yeah, I was like, Oh my God. Cause like, yeah, that, that release, right. Like there's, it's almost like, whatever whatever who cares it's like being a virgin again you're like oh my god like this is I'm it's a new level of innocence I'm coming to this new relationship with and um yeah it was it was yeah it was tons of emotion and it was a lot of fun and a lot of excitement it was because yeah like once you're married like we've been married now for five years almost no four and a half years I was like yeah we don't get like that anymore but it was fun in the beginning and yeah and it it was fun and it is still great and it's so great it is the good news is like it's so great to have a great partner in life Mm -hmm. um and I'm grateful for that but yeah the the excitement of dating and you know is he gonna call me is he gonna text me like does he like me does he I mean like uh, yeah like you're back in middle school
0: oh yeah he doesn't but don't you feel even in your 40s that you love differently than you did when you first met Brian it's like a whole different thing right it's oh yeah
1: it's so different oh it's so different oh what you value (laughs) what you want what And actually, I do feel like, you know, the cool thing is, it's like, I, you know, finding the silver lining, it's like, I got to do it again. And like, find a partner that like, is even more perfect for where I am now. You know, I was like, and, you know, Mike is mature, and he's an adult. And um, we have a lot of common things that we're passionate about and care about. And in in like life in society and like making a difference in the world and i'm like i really not that brian and i didn't but that wasn't what we weren't int- we were like we were having babies and like building our right. own family even though mike and i did that too but it's like we have we now we have our family and now we're like what are we doing together and what are we creating together and i hadn't gotten to that part of that of my relationship really yet in a bigger sense than my own family so now i get to do that with mike and um he must be one that hell was hell a guy. yeah like and I, that was important to me where when right. i met brian like he was cute and he was funny and he was smart and we could talk about um interesting things and i was very attracted to him i was like well bam he's it right <laughs> like he, he must be it right and then it was just different it's different yeah
0: well you know this is amazing because so many people who have are in love with someone going through either a terminal illness or a tragic situation, we don't see the light on the other side. And I think that is I think you kind of put a light on in a very dark tunnel that there there even though it's hard to imagine, there is life after loss. And and there is love after loss. And even though, you know, no matter who enters our lives, our you know, our first love will always be there. But it, yes. it is, it comes I think you're right. I think they're they're sort of guides like, hey, um, you know, don't settle. You you know, just be be you kind of thing. And I think as we get older, we're we don't give a crap what people think. And it's just like, you know, it is what it is. And I remember yeah. back in my twenties, it was so silly the way (laughs) I acted when people, when I was dating, but, but it's so sweet to hear the mic. And then you had a new child. I bet that was a shocker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we
1: worked hard for that little guy, but yeah, the fact that I even, yes, we were again, incredibly lucky that child, that, that child is even alive is, is a miracle. Um, the way he came to being. Yeah. So I do tell the story in the book, but it, you know, I went through IVF to have him. And yeah, I think this is the other, one of the reasons I wrote the book, but one of the things I love to share about is like, you know, what we have closed ourselves off to because of the way life has gone or what we thought we wanted and i t- said like mike never had children he'd never been married and when i met him it was a thing he was like hey i would like my own kids too i i want to be their dad but i want to have that experience and i was like well shoot if the tables were turned i would feel the same way and i'm like what am i willing to do right like i could have said no i'm not willing and go please go find someone who's willing but sure. i was like and first I thought, this is the thing. I was like, first I thought it really wasn't possible. I was like, okay, first of all, even if I was willing, it's not possible. It's not possible. Like I'm 43, 44, now I'm 45. I'm like, it's just not possible. And then I was like, well, maybe I should really go check that out. And I went to the doctor because, oh, because I had this conversation. It's like, maybe, you're, maybe you don't know. And I was like, all right, fine. I'll go and find it. I'll go to the doctor and they'll tell me it's not possible. <laughs> and they didn't, they said, no, they said, it's not probable, but it's not impossible. You've got your, all your parts are still working. I was like, Holy shit. And I was like, well, then I'm going to try. I got to try and I'll know if I try and it doesn't, I'll know. Right. right. Like you'll know, but I was like, I'm going to try. And then it was a long journey it took a year and lots of ups and downs. And anyone who's been through IVF knows it is not a pleasant always a pleasant journey. It's a ton of like high hopes and lows and high hopes and lows and it's like a, and push on a hormonal roller coaster. But anyway, and then we got the day we got, we got the news. We had a healthy embryo and then we had to get that little baby to stick. And then I got the news, it worked and it was like, holy camoly. And I, it's, I'll t- I'd say more, it's right in the book, but like, if anyone wants to know that story, I'm happy to share it more, but like, holy cow. And Yeah, and I shared this with you before we started, but I was like, he was meant to be, right? Right, he was coming. He was coming.
0: Right. I mean, that's it's it's interesting how everything is meant to be. It's already planned because I mean, you feel it. You absolutely feel it. You don't feel
1: it in the moment all the time because no, it's like it's always twenty twenty. Oh, it's always 20. Uh, no, that's maybe the one good thing we could say about 2020. But yeah, it is always 2020. You're like, holy oh, shit, that works out that way. I know. Like, I'd never yeah. imagined. I Absolutely. Never. Uh-uh. No,
0: no Absolutely. way. No Absolutely. Yeah. So where can people find this lovely book to dive into your life and your struggles and, and your celebrations, your loss, and then the renewal of love and to even birthing a baby in your mid forties with your new husband, I think that is something to celebrate. Um, yeah, it is. It's so it great. Is. But where do we find the book?
1: You can find the book anywhere books are sold. So you can find it on uh, at your local bookstore. You probably have to order it because they're not stocking a lot of books these days. But um, but or you can buy it online. You can buy it on ebook. It's on barnes and noble it's on amazon it's on indie books um have you done a recording of the book with for audible i have i have and i am in the final stages of editing it and i have been for like the last two months so i literally (laughs) it's and honestly the reality is i'm like it's i have to listen to it and i don't want to and that's awful so i am listening to it um and, um, actually I have it on my gallanter tomorrow to finish and give him. Is it hard edit. to listen so
0: to yourself, read it?
1: It is. It's a little bit weird. Um, but I do think I was the right person to, to read it.
0: Because I love when the authors read their book.
1: Yeah but it is a little bit awkward for the author to listen to the author <laughs> read her own story, but, but I, yeah, yes, it is. I did. Uh, you know, I'm when I'm insecure about something or like unsure about something, I find someone. So that's another piece of advice. So I I did hire someone who to listen to me while I read it. So they would stop me and be like, you can't say it like that. Like, like that was bad. <laughs> like, take, take 20. Take two. I take 20 or like, and, um, yeah, that's not how you pronounce that, you know, yeah. landline. I'm like, oh, really? I
0: didn't know that. No. So, but outside of writing this book and raising your kids and, and all the fun stuff that that comes with, you also are doing some really remarkable things with these retreats. I'm thinking about signing up for one. I I think... <sighs> I think you and I can get into a lot of trouble. I don't know if that's the kind of retreat we're supposed to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely get into
1: trouble. So, like, yeah. So, I haven't done one in a couple of years. I had a baby and all that, but like, I was planning on, and I am planning on relaunching. So, the big retreats will be coming back. Um, Yeah. They're like. As soon as COVID is over? Yeah. As soon as we can go and travel safely and feel like okay about getting in airplanes and and all of that but yeah so um yeah the last one was in costa rica and it was um a holistic health and well-being retreat where we went ziplining and surfing and you know how many people show up for this stuff um that one we had like 22 No, they're Yeah, there was not, it's not That's, a huge number, but it's great. It's a good. Is it men and women? and er- Men and women, men and women.
0: Wow. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Mostly you know, women, couple, but. Cu- couples too? There was, a, there was one couple that came. So there was, it was mostly women. We did have, I think, three or four men came nice. on it. Yeah, but everyone is welcome. And, um, and you guys uh, have, the, is it a week that you normally, yeah. that retreats? Yeah. 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 I am totally down for that. Yeah, no, and who can not use a week retreat. And it's really about like, it's about self care and retreating and reconnecting with yourself, right? right? And caring for yourself and being in a space where we make that easy. You know, we'll give you opportunities to get a massage and do yoga and he- eat healthy food. And then, you know, if, if like taking a risk uh,
0: probably not your problem but like um you're you a lot, haven't like, seen yeah. me surf before <laughs> yeah. my producer of my podcast taught me how to surf in Costa Rica like 10 years ago and he's just like yeah you you've got your own form that's um that's good <laughs> that's awesome yeah he he's like a younger brother and it's it's those sort of things that that really inspire me to re-engage in in a retreat such as this so you run this complete retreat
1: yeah yeah and I have partners I don't do it all by myself so I have business partners and colleagues that complement my my own what I bring to the table so we have just a more well-rounded workshops and it's all like I was like, I don't want to host something where people feel like they're at work the whole time. Or it's a like conference. A conference. It's like, no, these are options. These are opportunities. Like, we're going to take you to a place where it would be really hard for you to not feel relaxed. You'd have to do a really hard job at, like, not relaxing where we'll take you, Costa Rica or, or Cabo or whatever. Like, And then we're going to give you opportunities to develop yourself, to reconnect with yourself, to enjoy yourself, have fun. And we promise that when you go home, you will feel great and be. Re- you will be reconnected with yourself, and um, more. It's almost inspired. like a
0: kumbaya moment, you know. Yes, we do. We have a little gratitude
1: exercise at the end that we that we do, which is yeah, you just get reconnected. But I, I think, love it. Yeah, and it's it's critical. And even if people can't do, um, you know, a whole week, we're looking at doing some other more local, um, shorter term. Weekends, long weekends. Um,
0: now you're that, based in Chicago, right?
1: Yeah, so I have. Yeah, so we're looking at some more local. And when I did it before, we I was in Maryland, and then in, in, in um Huntington Beach, California. Now Chicago so.
0: is like my third favorite city. Plus, the Cubs play there. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of. Yeah,
1: I love Chicago. I, I really do. Yeah, love it's, Chicago. It's, it's amazing. City. Now,
0: do you live in the suburbs of? of is it Naperville? No, oh no, we live right
1: downtown. In Chicago. Right in the middle of the city, yeah. We have four kids and a dog and, and a condo. <laughs> yeah, That's we love awesome. it. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, kids That's are awesome. growing up city life. Yeah. That is so cool. Now, if if people want to learn more about you, where, where can they find you? They can find
1: me on, I'm on all the social media, Eileen Robertson Hamra. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I also do, in, you know, angel investing and a lot of philanthropic work. So depending on how you want to connect with me, um, you can get, get, find me on LinkedIn or you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and then I also have a website, which is just my name, Eileen dot Awesome.
0: Well, I, I feel like I have just met uh, my new best friend, and Yay! I love it. I do. Yes, I do. Yeah, we're gonna have to. I, I can't i um, totally because I think we, I, I just feel there's just, we have similar personalities and we can be on the edge of that kind of just happened and, <laughs> and it'd be crazy yeah. what just happened. But um, yeah, let's do. And, and I look forward to a retreat, man. I w- Oh my God, I so need it. I'm ready yeah. for this. I'm starting not to care about the COVID and just put my ass on a plane. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Well, and I know reading, I'm trying to be safe, but I just, I'm desperate. Yes, no, no, but I have read <laughs> actually that the, the oh, air
1: filtration, I've been trying to also justify the air filtration systems in the airplanes are safe. And if you are not feeling sick and you wear your mask and you sanitize your space and you, it, it isn't any more risky than other, other actions. Going so, to the grocery store. Come on. Yeah. No, I know. I right? know. And I do think, I, I do think it's possible. I think we're going to get through this winter and then hopefully we'll either I think have a vaccine or something's going to be a vaccine. I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something's going to happen.
0: We'll figure well, it look, out. I, I can't tell you, um, this has been in such a, an amazing day for me and, and I'm closing it out with you and it's just, it just feels like I, I, I seriously say, you know, I feel like I've met a friend that, You've been there all my life and, and that's really cool to feel, Same. but I can't wait to see what we do in the future, how we can collaborate yeah. and, and whatever I can do to support you in this book, I just, um, I really admire you for, for having the heart and the, I guess, courage to share your story. Um, so congratulations and I, I can't wait to get my hands on one for sure. Thanks, thanks, this was fun,
1: this is great,
0: yeah. Okay, good. Well, sweet. Well, look, I will let you know when it airs. It's been, it's been like a pleasure. Um, yeah, I, this is fun. I do actually really think we will do something. I don't know why. I but hope
1: we'll, so. Yeah. I, I, if you want to be introduced to Christine Fadden for your own project, for your own book, she is, she's she's amazing. I would um, love that. And,
0: yeah. and just also whatever you see that I'm doing that I, if I can help you or connect you and even with, you know, my stuff, I, I tell people I've, I've worked for Saturday Night Live. I've worked for CBS. If someone needs some connections, I might not have them, but I am not, don't be afraid to ask me. I'm all okay. about helping people out and yeah. connecting them with people. Um, and that's where, how I've gotten to, you know, to where I am in my life. So feel free, ask all me time. anything and I'll try to Are help you coming to
1: Illinois and you in your, um, did you co- go through Illinois? I did. I,
0: yeah, I did. I was in Chicago and I was in Napersville and actually, I was supposed to go back to Chicago for a conference in June that was pushed off to 2021. So I'm coming back. Okay, um, okay, well, and you sh- better. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, because I usually Let try to, yeah, I usually try to put two, two days before and two days after because, you know, my flight's taken care of and I pick up the expense of and then I get to see people because some really good friends are in Chicago, but I would love to connect. Yeah, no, really, right downtown, that would be fun. Yeah, the that's best, awesome. best, place. Yeah, and I, for some reason, I just feel like I want to meet this Mike guy. Does he yeah. have a brother? <laughs> <laughs>
1: not, not one that you want to meet. But he, Yeah, that's
0: awful. No, he's a totally different guy. But I will keep my. You're in Raleigh. I will keep my mind. Uh, you never know. Yeah, just oh. you just never know. Never know. You never know. Well, kid, you be good, right. and um, let's keep in touch. All right, ditto. All right, thanks. All right. Bye. 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 Thanks for joining us today. And remember, you're the designer. This podcast is produced by Jason Andre with Seven Season Films. If you're interested in telling your story via podcast, look him up. You can find him at sevenseasonfilms.com.